Hey everyone, welcome to McCool and the Gang. This month's guest is Suzu! How's it going? It's good, it's good. I'm just, I've been setting up my mic, I'm ready to go. Yes. How you doing? Oh, yeah, really good. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. I've just been in rehearsal, so I look like a bit of a mess, but I just like kicked oh, you all look the gang gorgeous. out. I was like, I gotta do this thing, get out. <laughs> yeah. So how's everything going? And your album and tour announcements, it's so exciting. I know, yeah, it's going all right. It's going good. Just trying to keep my shit together, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a yeah. lot to do um, and a lot to... It's exciting. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I saw your tour announcement and I was like, yes, that looks so much fun. Like, how amazing is it to be playing gigs again? Like, it's actually indescribable. I think, like, we've, and I'm sure you're the same, like, we've never had gigs ripped away from us like that before, obviously. So, like, now coming back to it, like, even before the pandemic and I'm sure it'll happen again but I was definitely a bit like oh I'm tired (laughs) moaning about it all the time but like this time I am like so grateful yeah literally clinging on clinging on yeah absolutely yeah so it feels great to be back yeah even even in like you know getting together with your band it's just it's been so long and like we have such a fucking laugh like I forgot how much of a laugh we have it's like it's been forever but no time in the same yeah definitely yeah I was looking at um I was singing another band called uh, White Horses and I and I saw them for the first time the other week and I was like I have not seen you guys in the flesh in literally two years (laughs) like but it feels like yesterday um so is your album finished then yes it's is finished. it? Oh, I actually signed off it? on all the um, booklet stuff today. So <gasps> nice. it's done. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. And when when did you start writing it? At the dawn of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that you know feels... what I mean? <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's weird. The songs on there that I wrote when I was 18, the songs on there that I wrote, like, three weeks before the album was finished. So, like, it's a mix yeah but yeah. I started recording it and like putting it together over lockdown over like the mm. second lockdown yeah, after Christmas oh, that's amazing. when we first started to like I mean I was writing all the songs and stuff before but that's when we started the recording process yeah are there any like themes to the album or anything that you've been writing about in particular do you know what like it's kind of it's kind of like an amalgamation of like a lot of things that have happened over the years like things that have happened to me recently that have been weird stuff that's mm-hmm. like happened to me like via someone else you know like a lot of the songs aren't <laughs> yeah. even like about me or they're about mm. like the planet but I think overall it's it's Scouse you know yeah. what I mean like it's, it is Scouse like I've, I've been in Liverpool Scouse. for the last 18 months I've moved yeah. and like I talk to me mum on the phone every day I'm talking to me my dad and I'm a lot like just seeing my family a lot more as well and so like I think actually having been rooted in Liverpool for the last 18 months has like seeped into my music and my lyrics and just yeah because I'm inspired by the people around me more than people are always like oh what music inspires you and I'm like loads of music inspires me but people inspire me too like yeah people have a lot of good things to say a lot of stories to tell yeah definitely and like relationships with people inspire me like the different ways that you interact with other people and uh, yeah like everyday conversations as well yeah 
definitely really great lyrics and it's like you don't I think a lot of people think that a song is like a romantic song when it's actually about a friend or like a mm. a business partner or something you know like that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of the time it's it's not even a, it's not about like my love life it just sounds like a breakup because it felt like a breakup you know yeah yeah I, I did um one of the Tim's uh, listening parties the other day for the album but one one of the songs um, someone was like oh I really love this it sounds like you know unrequited love or s- something like that and I was like it's actually about having kids <laughs> even though I don't have kids and I don't know what it's like uh, yeah it's about my take on having children yeah um so yeah it's mad the like interpretations people have of things and, and that's it th- you can just blow someone's mind by being like what's well, actually about this Half the time I don't even want to tell people because I'm just like, I want it to be whatever you think it's about. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that. I get it. I just can't not tell people I'm like, blab them out. (laughs) I hate Um, it. I hate when people ask me what my songs are about. It's my worst question. Oh, really? I love it when people ask me. I'm like, well, it's about this. And they'll they'll stare into my lap and they'll go past them. (laughs) Mine is too personal. I'm always like scared. I'm like, oh, it's a bit of a personal question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you get over it. You'll get over it. A lot of the time it's because I feel like I'm spilling secrets in songs. And then if I say what it's actually about, that person will know. I was literally going to ask you, has anyone ever asked you, is this song about me? You know, when they've heard it. Yeah. That's my worst nightmare. It's heavy. Did you tell him? <laughs> no, I fully denied it. I'm mad. I deny yeah. it. Deny it. You didn't deny it. And a tiny little nugget of it might be, you know, influenced by something that you've said or something that's happened, but it's not, it's never like, you know, it's always embellished in some way, isn't it? For sure. For sure. And it's funny because like I, Corin and I, my boyfriend Corin, like he's like a songwriter too. And we write songs about each other all the time. And we just know. It's not even a question. It's like, oh, that one's about me. Fucked it that yeah. day. Like, but like, think, it's yeah, other people it's that I stress about because I'm like, mm-hmm. at me and Curran, we're well past that. Like, we write yeah. songs about each other all the time, good and bad. And like, yeah. poetic license too. Mm. But you know, like, a lot of people who don't write songs don't understand that. And I'm like, oh, no, no it's no. not fully about you. It's a dramatization of your very personal mm. thing that you told me about sorry yeah no that's totally it if you're with another songwriter you've got to give each other the freedom to do that and not let it get in the way at all I think if someone wrote a really horrible song about me I'd just be like yeah I've probably been a bitch at some point so that's it that's you, where I'm so. at yeah exactly do it get it out and then get we can move out. past it get it out <laughs> Oh, amazing. So that that's um, answered one of my questions because I was going to ask, it's like a really boring question, but, you know, how did you cope with lockdown? And because I saw that you were really active on, you know, like with, with the fans and doing Instagram lives and yeah. like you really got on it. And I was like, wow, I was so impressed. So I just wondered, you know, did you have all the creative stuff going on as well or whether you were just a bit like, oh. I think like that stuff definitely gets draining after a while and like I won't lie like it wasn't like easy for me to like Mm. just be like oh today we're gonna write a song called the Coco (laughs) Papa and like it was hard but actually like it's good and I kind of like I learned from that like Instagrammy stuff and kind of took that a bit more real world and I definitely like start writing like start writing and wax sealing things yeah to people oh like Harry Potter oh, nice. vibes. Like Game of Thrones, yeah. Literally, I had fuck all to do, Natalie. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, I sat about writing songs and then 
I was quite sad. Obviously, mm. everyone was, but, like, I had a lot of big changes, and I got really sad at one point, and, like, mm. that really, it was, like, a, like, a lighthouse in the fog for me, those, like, people kind of, like, shouting out, like, yeah. telling me I can do it, kind of made yeah. me, I don't know, it kind of got me through a really weird phase where I wasn't sure what was going to happen, what I was going to mm. do, you know, but it's, like, actually, I think, like, a lot of people just get focused on getting new fans, new fans, new fans. And it's like, mm. you need to, I've like, I found a lot of joy in taking time to just get to know the fans that are there. You know, I hate the word fans. I hate it. <laughs> it's literally like the people. They, yeah. People. Yeah. Mm. I hate the word fans. Yeah. Need a new word for that. I just, I don't know. Community. I, I don't say. like that line between like, I don't like the way that a fan sounds like, oh, you're there and I'm here. Yeah, yeah, Like, I don't yeah. like that. Like, that's not, that's not a vibe for me, anyway. Mm. I know what you mean. It kind of makes my arsehole clench as well a little bit. <laughs> Same. It makes me just want to, like, die inside. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. We shall, we shall not say that word. No, we shan't. The rest of this conversation. Lockdown, I kind of... Do you ever just find yourself just literally staring out the window and then half an hour's passed and you're still like staring out the window? It was like that for me. I was like, where am I? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, and I found like, I, I'm kind of the same as you. Like I like writing about people and like, my, especially like my relationships with other people. But I just, there was, there was such a lack of stimulus that I was just like, got nothing to say <laughs> yeah it was it was hard yeah um, for sure it's hard isn't it you just gotta like motivate yourself to like to do bits I think like there's always something to write about when you're miserable isn't there though yeah <laughs> for well, me anyway I like when I'm feeling existential like that's when I like that's when I'm in my prime like yeah yeah feeling weird write a song <laughs> yeah yeah because I feel like actually when I was when I'm too busy like, if I've had a big, mad tour... Like, I'm bad at writing songs on tour. I need minute. Like yeah, I, well, need I, d- minute. I couldn't do it, yeah. No. So, like... I don't think I could. For a while before lockdown, I didn't have any... I was writing new songs, but I had lots of ideas, and I never really had any time to, like, actually sit down and just play guitar for, mm. like, hours. And, like, that was really nice in lockdown. I thought, like, I had a lot of ideas that I had to finish up. Yeah, time yeah. to do. But, um... But it was also miserable as fuck, so. <laughs> you got through it. We are here. That's it. Right and it's now. like, and it, what, can I, what can we say that everyone else hasn't already said or felt? It's like, every, it was like a collective, yeah. like a world collective, like frustration, you know? So mm. every single person knows the feeling. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, I read today, um, I love the fact you're, your album's named after your where your voice notes are recorded. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I wondered, like, oh, I wonder why it's called Queensway Tunnel. I wonder what the connection is. And then, yeah, I read that today. I love it. But, so um, often. Yeah. It's weird, actually. I like, I love the Queensway Tunnel as well. I really think there's something magic about the Queensway Tunnel. And it's like, it, when it was built, it was like a marvel. It was like one of the, it was the yeah. only thing of its of its kind. I think wasn't Harry Potter filmed in there? A bit yeah. of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Well, it's magical then. I love the video to my old life. Thanks. It was yeah. heavily inspired the... by Tracy Emin. Have you ever seen... Is it still... 
Is it actually still available to see the bed? I don't know if it's in Liverpool now, but that's where I saw it. I saw it in the tape ah, in Liverpool. it was in the tape. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, shit, I think it I goes on tour. Yeah. The bed just goes on tour. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's that. what art does, doesn't it? It basically yeah. goes on tours. I love that. I love um, Francis Bacon. I'm oh. quite like, I'm coded to my art. But I love all like grotesque art and stuff. That's cool. I'm um, fucking shit at knowing my artist, just like Tracy Emin, because oh. she's sick need to yeah what you know, you I like? saw I literally saw her bed in the museum and I was like this was years ago and I was just like shit that's that's, that's cool. a bit of me I'm into it, yeah. it speaks to me <laughs> I like her because she doesn't give a shit like when the bed came out I think everyone was like oh my god she's got like condoms and then and she was just like yeah so yeah she's what? so sick I love <laughs> that like all of the um it's like a time capsule like all of the products and all of the like logos and stuff on like the dr pepper it's like all like old school now because yeah yeah it's really cool 90s mm-hmm. some really good like influences and like references i can't wait to hear it um I'll where, send where it did you re- yeah <laughs> where, where did you record it i was i'm i meant yeah. to ask like um oh really where where are you is that your home studio yeah oh nice nice that's so amazing so this is where this is where we did most of it, but to be honest, this is where we've like recorded most of our stuff, like all good, all of that stuff is all recorded here. Do you like, do you record your band or do you play the instruments? Like, um, how, does it, how does it work? Bit of both, like, just depends what who's about on the day and that. So, like, I guess for some of it, like, I mean, God, I played drums on one track, that was horrific. I mean, it was, it's very simple, but yeah, <laughs> it happened. And yeah, but mostly Nathan and the band and Ben play strings and yeah, I record a bit of the band, bit of like myself, bit of Curran. It's just yeah. like none of them are recorded like in the room together. Like we recorded them all. Yeah. Just like yeah, you know, built. But actually, a lot of them like ended up using stuff from the demo too. So Wh- whichever's got the most. Like energy, I guess, isn't That's it? That's it. And we learned pretty early on to like not just record things, to just not record things badly. Cause like mm. even something like a demo vocal or like a stupid sound that you think you're not gonna like, like that's always the thing that ends up wanting to be used, but it's like corrupted, you know? So we've mm. like tried to make a habit when we were demoing the songs that like anything we put down could be used. So yeah. we like gave proper mic positions to everything even when we were just demoing. I guess that like, songwriting is one thing but then making the record is like the next step and it's like so so much to to demand from someone to do it all um so I just like wondering who you work with if if anyone on the music and stuff yeah like on the on the production and the mixing and the mastering and things like that so Curran Curran basically like he is my main source of wisdom and like, yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. he kind of produced it and he mixed it this time. And obviously we got someone else to master it. And then I've been doing a bit of stuff with Kieran um, from Circa Waves, Kieran Shuddle. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. He's super talented. He's rad. You co-wrote um, My Old Life with yes. him, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's been really oh, cool amazing. too. And like kind of, I don't know, like, because again, I used to do a lot of sessions just all over the place in London, a lot mainly. But like during COVID, none of that. And then, like, Kieran and I, I guess, mm. had, like, we'd never met, but, like, we just chatted on 
Instagram and shit, just like about, because we were meant to play a DJ set at a festival he was going to put on before COVID didn't happen. And then he was like, oh, we should write some songs sometime if you're ever about. And like during the middle of like the last summer in between lockdowns, we like just wrote some songs together, came over and wrote some songs together. And I was really happy with them. I re- I'm, I'm still stoked on them. So I hope we mm. can do more shit. But it was good. And it's nice yeah. to work with some more Scousers again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you, how much have you co-written stuff before then? Because I find it can be, it can be so weird when you start doing it. When, before you get used to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've been like, I've been doing them since I was so young though. So like in a way, yeah. like I'm lucky because I can like push through the awkwardness all right. But yeah. that being said... They don't always turn out right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, like, the chances of actually hitting something that I would use on a co-write is pretty, mm. like, pretty small percentage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I when think... I meet someone that I really write songs good with, I'm like, keep you about, you know what I mean? Cause it's, yeah, it's definitely. Like a... And if you don't try them, then you never know. So it's, like, yeah. it's worth it because... You may do six writing sessions that you aren't stoked on, but then you met that one person who you write your record with through it. So yeah, definitely, it's one of them, and it's always nice. It's all you always learn, if nothing else. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I, I remember like I never used to co-write with people, and then um, like got booked on a few sessions just to see what came out. But um, like my first session, I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Um, and yeah, the same, like sometimes when I co-write, it's just literally to have a bit of fun and practice and just see what comes out. Yeah. But um, you've definitely got to find the person because the guy, Dan, who I wrote some of the chat, some of the tunes on the album with, <clears throat> like I met him, just our management put us together mm-hmm. and was like, oh, maybe it'll, maybe it'll work. Like, I'll just see what happens. Yeah. And honestly, the first song we, we wrote was the lead track from the album. <laughs> and I, I just loved it so much. Like, yeah. I couldn't stop listening to it and it was just dead weird. Um, like, weird little pop song, but it's mad the way the way it works. Definitely got to find the people that you love. Definitely. Um, community. Community. Um, <laughs> Um, I had a really good question. It was when you talk about recording and corrupted files. What what's been like the like your favorite happy mistake that you've ended up using on a song? You know where you kind of you kind of know what you're doing, but then you play a chord wrong, and you're like, oh no, actually that sounds really good. Or like you, f- you f- do the words in a different place, but actually you like it. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, it was really funny the other day. It was this is just my most recent one. Um, we did like a Strokes cover for DIY. Oh yeah, I saw that. For yeah, their, like twentieth anniversary and that. And like Corbin, God bless him. <laughs> He's gonna kill me for saying this out loud. He um <laughs> he we were both just fucking tired, and he like. He, he fucked up the setting on the compressor and like I did all the vocals and they were like so over compressed and I thought he was putting like a radio thing on because like that's what mm. the strokes sound like yeah D- Julian Casablanca sings through like a radio vocal isn't he like a telephone over distorted thing and I just thought he was like tracking me like that just for effect <laughs> yeah 
And then like <laughs> it came it came out and I was like, fuck, like what happened with the vocal? He's like, oh my God, fuck, fucked it. And anyway, it sounded sick. It sounded like just like Julian Casablanca's thing. It was bizarre. It was super funny. Yeah. Because like under any other circumstances, that vocal would have been completely unusable. Yeah. But like that day... It just happened to be perfect. His subconscious was telling him to do. Yeah, that. that's what I believe. <laughs> Actually, this go this goes on the end of um. You know, kind of the experience of trying to be creative throughout lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what do you do when you kind of hit a wall when you're writing or just trying to be creative? Like, how do you get out of the dreaded? <laughs> I read a book. A reading books really helps me write songs. Mm. It just like more so than watching film or like sometimes even more than listening to music. And I've thought about it a lot as well because it works every time. Cause like, I think that what it is, is that when you read in a book, you have to do so much in your imagination subconsciously like you have to set that scene you have to build those characters in your head Mm -hmm. they have to look like this and this and like when you're reading a book like that whole like two-week period or however long it takes you to read it like you think about that world all the time right like you can't help it you're like doing something and something will trigger something in your mind you're like oh it's kind of like that in my book or whatever i'm reading Mm. that book about this it's kind of like relates to that in that way and for me like then when i go to sit down with my guitar I've already got like this whole fictional, I just have to close my eyes and just, it's there. It's like a whole mm. fictional world full of all these characters that are like full of like life and like juice and dirt, do you know what I mean? Like all the dirty secrets and stuff like, it's drama <laughs> all in your, like, your little book in, in a world that you've already had to imagine. So for me, like I find it really good because it gets, it's something to write about and something to tap into that's, that you've already invented in your brain. Mm. Yeah, I love that. When you first said it, I was like, you read a whole book in a day. <laughs> I just, you know what wow. I mean though? Like when you start reading yeah. a book, I, I like a lot of Scott Fitzgerald and like old books too. Like I like new fantasy books, but I also like a lot of old books. And I think those in particular are quite like, um, mm. I don't know, like just quite like, romanticize they romanticize things what are your some of your favorite books then because i love reading as well you know what i'm always like a fucking again because i'm always like harry potter's the best book in the world i love books but like harry potter's the best book in the world fuck jk rowling however harry potter in terms of like readability is just the most like and again like it's you can set a scene in a heartbeat like it's just it's it's great but I love, like, yeah. yeah, Scott Fitzgerald, Tender as the Night, really fucking dark, but good. I, I love reading, you know, and honestly, like, Harry Potter makes me cry. Um, Harry I just Potter's love the way it's, it's just mirrors, like, uh, obviously this is totally your intention, but just, like, the, 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 the politics within them is, like, insane. I, know. I didn't realise it when I was a kid, but now I'm like, oh my god. It's she, mad. she was really educating the young ones like in a in a in a really cool way <laughs> about all of that you know i know and it's yeah. like why it's like find it so complexing that like well anyway let's not go into jk rowling's political stance <laughs> but um yeah 
books, you should just read her own books. Yeah. <laughs> just have a little reread of your books and just have a little think. I know. She probably moved a bit away from them in recent years and just for- forgot. Do you know what's mad though? Is that I never, I never liked Harry Potter growing up. I was like, nah, fuck that. Films are shit. Weird. Oh, not into really? it. And like, oh, and then everyone was like, no, time. Harry Potter's really good. And my cousin like loves it, right? So I was like, do you know what, cuz? I'm going to read Harry Potter for you. And I got the first Harry Potter and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> but what's great about it is that like, I didn't, I mean, I won't, uh, do you know what? No spoilers for the few people on earth that haven't read or watched Harry Potter. But like, few main characters that died. I didn't know that that was going to happen. So like, oh. I was crying, like telling everyone and my mates like, oh my God, so-and-so has died. And they're like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, you're literally like 20 <laughs> years behind. Like, why are you fucking crying about this? Like, everyone knows. So it was really funny. Like, yeah. you know, I got into Harry Potter late in the game, but it's great. I'm so surprised that you didn't know. But maybe if it, if it passed you by, like it's passed you by and then I was just like, reach I was a point where no one talks about it anymore. Into like weird shit, like series of unfortunate events. Yeah, no, like I love that. I love that as well. Yeah. That was like my I don't know Harry Potter just it just weren't it for me at the time, but it's it for me now. Mm. It's it for me now for sure. Have you have you ever read something wicked this way comes? No, it's that's a bit. I think you like that. It's I don't know just on um, unfortunate a series of unfortunate events. I don't know. It kind of similar to that in my head, okay. but. It's really good. It's about a circus that comes to town and it's like in like 50s America, set in oh. 50s America. And like this weird circus that That's is it. like weird things happen. It's honestly, yeah, I'll send I'll send you a message with it. Do you know it, who else title. is good? One more one more in the theme of Harry Potter. There's an amazing series that I just read, a trilogy actually called The Stormkeeper's Island and okay. it's about an Irish family on an Irish island and it's like magic meets time travel it's fucking unreal it's so good and the girl who wrote it is like our age she's like our age and she's like a female writer she's Irish her parents grew up on Aaron Moore her grandparents grew up on Aaron Moore so like the place where she's talking about is literally her like family home and it's just fucking sick so sick yeah big fan yeah, I, I'm I'm big into like Stephen King as well. I love all like fantasy and oh, yeah. horror and like I um I love uh, I, I don't know how you say his name though. Chuck um he wrote Fight Club. Chuck Palahniuk. Oh I uh, yeah. He's just off the wall. Oh, I <laughs> like read up. some of his yeah read some of his books and I'm like how have you even come up with this like yeah. it's insane. We watched but, Misery yeah. the other day. Oh man! Oh yes. god, so heavy. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? Oh no, I've read Didn't it. Though, she won an Oscar for that. It. She won an Oscar that year. She used Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates, incredible. Sick. Her best performance she in my opinion. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth a watch. On the subject of live gigs being back, what has been your favorite live experience, and why? And that could be your own gig or, you know... Sefton Park. Someone else's. Sefton Park pilot. Oh, yeah. That was the maddest yeah. experience in my life. That looked amazing. It was the maddest experience ever. Like, it just was. Yeah. It was bizarre. It felt like... felt like I'd won, like... I found like, felt like I'd won the fucking golden ticket from Willy Wonka's factory. 
That's what it felt like. It was like, oh. how can this be happening right now? And like to me as well, because at that time I really thought like I was just going for a period where I really honestly, truly thought no one gave a fuck about me anymore. Like just period, nah. like not even just like just my friends and everything. I was just like, oh, I don't know. It was one of those points in lockdown where I was just like really at a low point. And then that came mm. in and I was like, oh, yeah, sick, cool. And then like as it got closer to the day, I was like, oh, shit, like this is actually this is cool like this mm. is cool and then yeah i got to the actual day and there's the fucking big 10 and it's so weird because that was my that was my park growing up you know what i mean mm. like i went to sefton park that was where i learned to ride my bike and then it mm. was like this huge fucking tent and like all of the press stuff around it was mad i'd never done anything like that before but that wasn't that wasn't what made it like magic it was just like the fact that we got to like we could have been in the Teletubbies, by the way, like it this is nothing to do with like <laughs> my music. Like it's just that I got to be the first person to walk out and like mm. plug in my guitar. And just to hear like yeah. the crowd's excitement just yeah. for live music to be back was like emotional in itself. Like yeah, I almost yeah. didn't even want to start playing because I was just like, wow, this is mad. The energy God, was just next level. Goosebumps just as you're talking about it like imagining what that must have been like yeah i bawled i, I like, absolutely fucking bawled my eyes out when i came off i just cried yeah. and cried. I cried all night yeah. cried all night yeah. cried the next day just cried yeah <laughs> yeah and i thanked oh. every fucking person in the world i didn't know who was responsible for giving us that gig so i just thanked everyone I saw. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Felt like I didn't. I felt like I did not deserve it. Didn't know why I was there, but very oh, grateful no. to be there. Own it. Own it, girl. What a gig. What a way to bring it back, though. It was mad. It was mad. And I'm a fucking huge Blossoms fan. So like, I yeah. fucking had a ball that night. I yeah. was like, as soon as we were off stage, and I cried for an hour. I was like, back. And ready to like yeah. scream my head off to blossoms, and they did the sickest cover of Paperback Writer. You know the one that they did in their lockdown oh, session, and they played it live, and it just it was oh one of the best moments of twenty twenty for me. It was fucking unreal. oh wow yeah that sounds like an amazing experience. Yeah. What's your fave song of yours to play live? All good. Okay. All good. It's got a big drop. Drops hard. Mm. And that's a ball. Nice. Like things that drop hard. Nice. I used to like the things, the songs that I like to play live for me, and then the songs that I like to play live for other people. Like I don't really like, like there's some songs that I won't name them because I don't want. Them. <laughs> don't don't name but, them. But like there's yeah. songs in the set that I'm so fucking over. I just don't, I just don't want to sing it anymore. And so in <laughs> rehearsal, I'm just like, oh. And then it's yeah. not until you're in front of someone and they're like, ah, and they're singing along and you're like, okay, <laughs> all right, this is fun. We'll, we'll do it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think like, but my favorite song to play is all good and that goes down the best. So it's like, it's combo. Combo. Amazing. Although my favorite song to play live is other people's songs. Like if I do a Lizzo cover, I'm just having the best day of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing yeah. covers. Like I love doing like just popular culture covers. Mm. It was fun. You should do an album. 
Or like an EP. I need or to something. do a Taylor Swift album. You know, I'm a big fucking big Taylor Swift fan. And so I really mm. like one of my dreams is to just make a compilation album of all my favourite Taylor Swift songs, like Scouse. Do it. <laughs> oh my god, do it. She would she'd probably retweet it and tell the world. I think you I should do it. Just, I, I can't. I just love her. I am obsessed with her. I love her so much. She yeah. It's it's like she's like mom i i love that i think she's amazing she doesn't give a shit but there's so many people who are like mm, Taylor Swift. But fuck she's those an people amazing songwriter i'm sorry she, get oh, to bed like shake it off is incredible i just it's my fate that's my favorite if you I listen think. to her records as well like yeah she's got singles that like okay are singles you know what i mean but like her albums are unbelievable like she has a way mm. with words that i think is like incredible and like yeah sometimes like it might not land with certain people maybe in the uk especially because it's like a bit country or whatever but like she's very authentic taylor swift and she's Mm. fucking talented and i think like if she were if she were a man people would just call her genius but because she's Mm. not they're like oh taylor swift that's not cool yeah she's actually a genius like she's as genius as Kanye west i don't like yeah she is she is an amazing songwriter. Yeah, I think is. she's really underappreciated as a songwriter. I just think sure. she's not... I mean, obviously, in some ways, she's not. Because, like, this is what I'm saying. It's people, like, I don't... I hope Taylor Swift's not losing any sleep over people who don't think she's, like, cool. I hope she's not. Because, like, there's so... She's... The, the proof's in the pudding. How many records has she sold? Like, how many mm. people does it, does it reach out to? Like, not just her. Obviously, there's so many other artists with the same thing but um i think taylor swift does get a bad rep especially with the like Mm. indie cool kids i think she gets a bad rep because like people just love to fucking put a lens on people's personal lives and she's very candid about you know what goes on in a personal life and people just love to hate that but i just think that's what everyone does yeah, yeah, I think she's class. Like It's like, hey, Jules, like, you know, the Beatles song, like, hey, Jude, that was meant to be mm. hey, Jules, and it was about Paul McCartney's, oh, sorry, John Lennon's divorce, you know what I mean? Like, it was mm. about, like, his divorce and, like, his kid being fucking sad about it. Like, mm. no one's saying that about him. No one said that about John Lennon. Like, no one, I don't, I don't know. I just yeah. think, like, I do think... There's a double standard for women in the music industry a lot of the time, especially those. No, not for. I agree. It's not even something that affects us. Like we're too small, <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah, for those like yeah. mega stars, such yeah. a double standard for men and women. Like men can go out and just do whatever they want and like have as many girlfriends as they want and have as many strippers in a video as they want, but like mm. a girl does that and it's like, oh, you have got a reputation. It's like pack it in. Yeah. It's because she owns it as well. She just owns. She's like, yeah, I've got loads of exes. I've been out with loads of people and I write songs about them. What and what. And people just hate, like, love to hate it, don't they? Because, yeah, she is. She's female. I agree. It, it is double standards. There was a, there's a really amazing quote, but I can't, I can't remember who said it. But, um, you know, and on, on kind of writing, uh, producing and mixing music as well as writing it. Um, you know, no one expects anyone to kind of write, produce and mix their own music. Like that's a mammoth task, Mm -hmm. but 
when it's a female artist, everyone's like, oh, who produces you? <laughs> and like a male artist would never get asked that question in the same way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Because I've been asked it loads. Um, and, you know, by people who are genuinely interested and also by people who probably, oh, you don't do it all by yourself. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So now I agree with you there. It's Women yeah. don't take enough credit for things that they do either. Like, yeah, I'm no, that's my, a big one. My boyfriend's always telling me, like, stop saying that because I'm like, no, nah, I didn't do anything. He's like, you did. And stop saying that because, like, men take credit for less. <laughs> mm. I'll, I'll oh, do a bit of work on, like, on whatever session we're doing. And I'll be like, don't put me down as engineer on that. I didn't fucking do anything. <laughs> and he's like, well, you did because you fucking put yeah, all this yeah. up and you put the mics there and you fucking put the, like... And I'm like, yeah, but that's... And he's like, no, but that is what it is, so stop. Take the credit, yeah. yeah. take the credit, but we don't, do we? Yeah. Even, even with your demos, like, there's so many songs that I've demoed up and, like, the, the, when we've re-recorded things, although I've been working with a producer, like, the finished track is basically the demo... All the arrangements are the same. All the parts are the same. And, you know, there's some credits on the album where I've not even credited myself yeah. for that. And yeah. I just think that's so fucked up. And I, <laughs> I, get, I get so angry about it now. But You give credit to people that you feel like deserve it in the moment as well. I think, like, a lot of the time, mm. like, like, you, I feel like I'm, if I take it, it means that someone else won't get it. And then I mm. I feel bad. I'm like, oh, but I want that person to feel like, you know what I mean? Mm. Even when it's not yeah, the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we move. And I think it's important also to value other people too, isn't it? So it's a balance. Next album, it's going to be all me. <laughs> I'm going to do everything myself. Fuck <laughs> that. No way. I would never want to do that. That's like not my, not my vibe. Yeah, to do I would everything get bored yourself really easily. You, if yeah. to uh, even to produce and then mix something is like a head fork. Yeah, mixing for me is like, oh my god, it's just you, you hone in on tiny details that don't even matter. That's why I get other people to mix it because I'm like, I'm done with it now. Yeah, literally <laughs> get this it, out of my it. life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy it. I love it though. I do love it. Yeah, me too. It's like, just... production's sick, but I think, like, and so is mixing. Like, and I think it's it's almost more fun to mix other people's music or, like, to, like, m- mm. play around with a mix that's, like, not yours. Because it's, like, you have fresh mm. ears and you can just hear it and enjoy it and have fun with it. But it's, like, when you've spent so long, like, getting all of the parts to where they need to be, it's so hard to even differentiate. Like, yeah, and if yeah. you do mix it, you need at least a, a week to, like not listen to it for a minute yeah to have fresh ears i do anyway i get bored yeah it's a very boring thing (laughs) (laughs) i like having fun (laughs) um keep it fun oh amazing yeah this has been so nice thanks so much for coming on thank you for having me we'll have to hang out in real life i know right thanks so much zoo and um have a great rest of rehearsal thank you and see you in the real world Boom! Thanks, guys! Bye! Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and follow to this podcast. I'm Natalie McCool and you can find me and my music on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and also on my website, nataliemccool.co.uk. Thanks! I think you're a magnet, and I'm a magnet.